think what the strength of the parade is tradition and what hasn't changed. And the fact that the marching bands and the floats and the balloons still are the stars of the show and the volunteers. I think it's what what's old about the parade is what's most comforting about the parade. You're listening to the unofficial Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade cast with your hosts, Erica and Peter. Welcome to the second episode of the unofficial Macy's Thanksgiving Day Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm Peter. And we are back with another episode. And I just, I was so excited for this episode because we are talking about the 1959 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I'm not sure if it didn't disappoint or if it did. (laughs) It was a really, really weird parade. I don't think I've ever seen a parade like this before in my life. There was a lot of marching band. There were some really, really weird floats. It was bizarre. And speaking of marching bands, it is actually Memorial Day weekend while we're recording this. And if we were still in high school, uh, Peter and I wouldn't be able to do anything at the moment because we would have had a parade on Saturday. We would have had one on Monday. And I'm just curious, do you have any specific Memorial Day parade memories that you would like to share? Oh, man. My favorite part of the Memorial Day parade had to be the final performance where the high school basically had to go back to the Virgin's Green after the parade and do a performance. I forget. I think it was for the Legion, but there was some sort of speech. Uh, But... The reason it was my favorite was there was the rainbow ice slushy stand and you the the marching outfits had pockets so there was just enough room to slip some cash in so all the savvy band members always got some slushies afterwards the best slushy flavor at rainbow ice tiger blood strawberry and coconut baby I always get tiger blood as well and I actually never had to go to the green when I did marching band because I was a flag twirler so I had to go back to the band room which was always locked but do you remember I would come up to the park to get rainbow ice and then I would sit next to you and a couple of our friends and (laughs) feed you guys my rainbow ice because it was so hot out and (laughs) everyone thought they were gonna pass out because you guys had to stay in your uniforms and yes you were seated but it was usually about like 85 degrees out yeah, they let us, like, slightly take apart the uniforms, but once the official, like, we had, like, a 20 to 30 minute uh, little break before the event really got going. They wanted to give people time to, like, settle down and get some snacks from the food trucks or other booths on the green. But after, like, 30 minutes, we had to be back in our uniforms and ready to go. I have to say, though, I think my favorite Memorial Day parade memory actually wasn't even marching. My aunt, before the parade, for many, many years, would host brunch. And I would go and eat brunch at her house and then go march. And in later years, I would eat brunch and then go up to Main Street to watch the parades. And, I mean... It's a rite of passage to watch the Virgins Memorial Day Parade as a uh, Virginsian. Like, you don't miss a parade, and when you do miss a parade, you better have a good reason for it. Well, that's enough about me and Peter's marching band experience, because I'm sure for the second week in a row, you're sick of hearing it. But we're going to start talking about this parade. Now, 
as we said before, this is the 1959 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and here are some fun facts about it. First off, it was the earliest parade with a publicly available recording of the television broadcast, which is super cool. This is also the 33rd annual Macy's Parade. This parade was the first parade since we gained all 50 states. Hawaii was made a state of the United States of America on August 21st, 1959. We were also amidst the Cold War and at the early phases of the space race... This was a very momentous year for the United States and the Soviet Union. Their rivalry was really popping off. They were doing some weird stuff to prove to each other that they were ready. They it was the space race. That's truly what it was. They were I don't know what they were doing to try to win space because space is an open area, but you know, it was really a show of force. They wanted to show that hey, I could launch a missile and, you know, this rocket's just carrying a person or it's just carrying a dog or a monkey. But, you know, I could put a warhead on top of this and get it over to the United States or Russia, you know. I mean, later on they were planning to send Big Bird into space and then there wasn't enough room on the ship, so. It was still going. The space race has not stopped. I don't know if anyone's realized that. Well, that was like the phase of aggression of the space race. Now it's more like scientific (laughs) it's like the petty space race (laughs) so our hosts for this parade were bill wendell and he was at the nbc reviewing stand opposite of the macy's flagship store and then we had gene rayburn on the corner of 35th and broadway and this year we had a few big sponsors we had embassy pictures who had a float in the parade advertising their upcoming production of a new hercules movie we also had lionel trains who had some very strange advertisements this was during the peak of the cold war as we said so a lot of these toy companies advertising toys you know marketed at boys producing a lot of very aggressive military toys for example in one of the advertisements for lionel trains they had ralph dunnell ace grumman test pilot speaking on behalf of lionel trains they showed a brief video of ralph dunnell landing a grumman tiger jet plane he got out of the plane and said his son wayne will one day learn to control a jet But right now, he's training his control abilities on a Lionel electric toy train set. They also had some really wild attachments for the Lionel toy train set. They didn't just have electric trains. They had electric trains which launched helicopters. They had electric trains which fired missiles. They had electric trains that blew up when the missiles were fired at them. And there was one that was really weird. Uh, After all of these very aggressive military trains, they had the very first announcement of the Lionel illuminated aquarium car with moving tropical fish. And then our next big sponsor was the Ideal Toy Company. Not many people have heard of the Ideal Toy Company. Uh, It went defunct in 1997. Our birth year was this a sign. It was a sign that we were helping the economy. Yeah, honestly, it's a good thing the Ideal Toy Company's no longer around. They had some really disturbing toys. They had toys for boys and girls. 
but they were really sending some very clear messages. They were preparing the girls to become housewives and, you know, ready to raise children. And the boys, they were prepping them for war. You know, they were taking notes after Lionel. Everyone knew if you were making a toy for a boy, it had to be a military toy. One of the big products that Ideal Toy Company was pushing was Patty PlayPal. There was a whole series of the PlayPal dolls, but Patty PlayPal was their flagship doll in the PlayPal series. They made a doll that was as big as a three-year-old. This thing is gigantic. It is disturbing. They even say that you can dress her in your own clothes. The other disturbing thing about Patty Play Pal, it was twenty nine ninety five in nineteen fifty nine dollars. Do you know how much twenty nine ninety five is in nineteen fifty nine dollars? It's two hundred and sixty three dollars and eighty eight cents adjusted for inflation. Now I gotta say that price is not ideal. In the military section of the Ideal Toy Company catalog. They have advertisements for the ideal electronic missile base. And uh, yeah, I think that speaks for itself. It really does. I feel like there's no further comment on that. And the final sponsor was NBC itself, which was doing some promotion for its TV adaptation of The Miracle on 34th Street which aired the following day. It was a made-for-TV adaptation of the 1947 feature film, Miracle on 34th Street. This condensed the 96-minute original film into a one-hour TV time slot. It was part of a anthology series produced by NBC. For a long time, there was no known recordings of this TV production, but a kinescope recording was discovered at the Library of Congress in 2005. Like the Macy's Parade in 1959, it's really a miracle that we have this recording. That's super cool. And before we get into the parade rundown, here's your quick summary of what's in the parade. We had 13 marching bands, which is literally 50% of the parade. And if you don't remember, we made a comment last week about how we were in a parade full of marching bands and how it's not super entertaining so <laughs> i just think it's really ironic that that has come back to bite us in the butt and then there were 12 to 17 floats depending on how you count the individual storybook floats which we of course are going to talk about and there were only three balloons only three but you'll find out why a bit later so here is your parade rundown for the 1959 macy's thanksgiving day parade the first thing we saw was a band. It was the Charles Leroy High School Marching Band from Pennsylvania. Next was a celebrity float. It was a castle float with our queen, Shirley Temple, and her children, Susan, Charles Jr., Lowry, and a Shirley Temple doll. <laughs> and then we saw another band. It was the Monroe Girls Form Majorette Corps from Monroe, Georgia. And then we saw our first balloon, and it was the Gorgeous Gobbler Turkey Balloon. Next, we had a celebrity float. Cowboy and former first baseman for the Brooklyn Dodgers, Chuck Connors on horseback. Next, we had another float. Five convertibles with an old-fashioned singing choir. Unfortunately, it gets cut off. Next, we had a band, Westbrook High School Band from Westbrook, Maine. After that, we had another celebrity float, the Rockettes. 
Following the Rockettes, we had another band. It was the Sutland, Maryland High School Marching Band, and they were the largest parade in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade history up until, you know, that point. And there were 68 in the white band, 68 in the red band, and 66 rhythmettes. Next, we had a bunch of floats, and they were the fairy tale folk tale floats. First, we had Cinderella perched atop a pumpkin, and our Cinderella was portrayed by none other than singer Connie Francis. Next, we saw a 12-foot-tall rocking horse. Then we saw three men in a tub. Following them, we had the old woman who lived in a shoe, and then we had the cow that jumped over the moon, and then we had Little Miss Muffet on top of Mother Goose. Following that, we had the Prince George High School Senior Band from Virginia, and then another float, the Cliffs and Canyons of Old New York. And after the Cliffs and Canyons, we saw another band, the Marlinette Twirlers of Toledo and Sandusky, Ohio. Again, another band, the Riley Raiders U.S. Army Corps Band from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. A quick fact about them, they entered 135 contests and they won 106, and they were the only corps at the time in the country to win both the American Legion Championship and the VFW National Championship. Another float, roller skating queen of the USA, Miss Audrey Sorensen, age 16, with a group of roller skaters. And next, we have our second balloon, the Spaceman Balloon. It was the largest in this parade, and it took three hours to inflate. Following our Spaceman, we had another band, the Picayune High School Band from Mississippi. Following them, we had another float, and it was King Cole and the Twelve Fiddlers. And then, get this, another band, the New York Skyliners. They were the hometown boys in the parade. And then we had a float, and it was a two-ring circus. Following that float, we had the Buccaneer High School Band from Daytona Beach, Florida. Next, we had a third and final balloon, Popeye the Sailor Man. Next, after Popeye, we had a float, Hercules, promoting the Embassy Pictures production of their new Hercules movie. A weird thing that was going on during this was they were playing Pomp and Circumstance, which I don't think I've ever associated with Hercules. Next, we had another band, the Washington Carver Drum and Bugle Corps from Newark, New Jersey. And after that, we have another float representing the New York City Center, the best of ballet, opera, and drama. They were performing a song. This was a real nice clam bake from the hit musical Carousel. Following them, we had a band. It was the Cloverleaf String Band in New Jersey. They had accordions and banjos which is what made them a string band which is insane yeah for those not familiar you do not see string instruments in parades yeah there are some parade floats that have a string instrument but no one marches with a string instrument next we have another float and it's a car that's doing everything a car not ought to do We'll talk about that a little later, because we have some feelings and opinions we'd like to share. After that, we had a float, and it was a whale, followed by the Emily Morgan boat, with a Broadway actor portraying R.H. Macy, who was the founder of Macy's, and then also the great-great-granddaughter of the real Emily Morgan, 
she's also on the boat. And when the announcer announced this float, he announced all of this in one breath, and I can't figure out how he did it. Following them, we had the Bergenfield High School Band. It is our last band. They are from New Jersey, and they were playing Christmas music to usher in Santa Claus in the holiday season. And, of course, last but certainly not least, Santa and his eight reindeer. And now I'd like to introduce a new but recurring segment that we're going to call Weather with Peter. Well, today, the weather was good, kind of hard to tell. Judging by the balloons, there doesn't seem to be an abundance of wind, and there didn't appear to be any rain. No comments by the host, so I think it's safe to assume that the weather was good. Okay, real talk now. Looking at the historical data, the weather was uh, very nice that day, actually. Uh, high temperature of 58 degrees Fahrenheit, low of 36. Uh, there was no precipitation recorded. And the max wind speed recorded in New York was 36 miles an hour. Whoa! Now, this is a new segment, and it will be a recurring segment, that we like to call Memorable Moments. segment we're gonna talk about some moments that stuck out to us in the parade and you know for this one there were many <laughs> starting with the Shirley Temple Castle float I thought it was cute I thought it was a good idea and I liked that her kids were on the float with her but why was there a doll of Shirley Temple on the float which was produced by Ideal Toys and at the time this doll was 8.95 and when you inflate that price to 2020 prices that doll was like $79 and it was just you know kind of confusing but overall it was a very cute float and I liked it all right next I got a I got beef with this turkey balloon okay you got beef with the turkey yeah man this balloon it looked whack it weighs 300 pounds uninflated the equivalent mass of all the turkey dinners was 5200 dinners but this did not look like no turkey this looked like a mango with some chicken legs it was ugly excuse me her name is gorgeous gobbler and she doesn't deserve this type of shape well, maybe the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company should have given her some more time in the makeup booth before they put her on the parade. My next memorable moment comes from the five convertibles with the men's choir that gets cut off. Now, I thought their singing was great, but they were never properly introduced. We don't know who these men are. They look like they're in a barbershop quartet, but there's literally 20 of them. So that's like five quartets. And by the way they're dressed, it just reminds me of the Dapper Dans at the uh, Disney parks in the United States. I'm not sure if they have the Dapper Dans at the Disney parks overseas, but they do have the Dapper Dans at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And that's what these convertible boys reminded me of. For my next memorable moment, 
I gotta address the Suitland, Maryland High School Band. This band had 194 members, and their claim to fame this parade is that they are the largest band to ever appear in the Macy's Parade, but I don't think they should have that title. You see, they had 68 members in their white band, 68 members in their red band, and 66 rhythmettes. Um, like, yeah, like, flag twirlers and other, you know, members of the band, they are definitely part of the band, but when a total of one-third of your band is just rhythmettes, ah, that, that's just inflating the numbers, man, I don't know. I don't feel like they should have that title. When we were in band, there were typically two banner holders, and on a good year, we would have two to five flag twirlers as well, and we were not counted as a part of the band because we weren't in marching band. We came from chorus, and I believe there was even one girl who wasn't even in the music department. We were just like, hey, come do this. So I see where you're coming from. My next memorable moment, and I actually have two of them, are about the folk and fairy tale floats and the Prince George High School marching band. Now, the folk and fairy tale floats were cute in design, and I, th I think they were fun. I'm not going to lie. I'm really glad that there were no real people in the three men in a tub because that tub was spinning so fast that I would have gotten seasick. But also, they banged through those floats. Those floats got maybe five seconds of airtime, and then they were out of there. <laughs> they like, they were like, here's the old woman who lived in a shoe. Go! <laughs> it was just crazy. I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening? I couldn't keep up. And then the Prince George High School Senior Band, while their intentions were good, and it was not seemed as inappropriate at the time, they were welcoming in the 50th state to the United States, which is Hawaii, by playing Aloha Oi, and they had what would have been their flag twirlers dressed in, like, hula skirts and lays, and I don't know if it was, like, were they cold? My next memorable moment has to be the Buccaneer Band from Mainland High School in Daytona Beach, Florida. They had some freaking incredible step work, and their marching coordination was fantastic. Honestly, the Buccaneer Band, their step work and marching coordination was better than the Riley Raiders U.S. Army Corps. Full stop. My next two memorable moments are about the roller skating float with our roller skating queen, but not specifically about our queen, and about the Spaceman Balloon. Now, when I mentioned the roller skating queen, she won some competitions to get up on that float, but the troop that was behind her stole the show. I can't even roller skate without falling flat on my butt, and these girls were doing circles, they were doing squats. I was so impressed. I was like, I want to be you. And it reminded me that... Um, on the app TikTok, I don't know if any of you have heard about it, not sponsored, roller skates are so popular because of TikTok that they are sold out on every website across the United States at the moment. So roller skating's having a comeback, ladies. And of course, I loved the Spaceman balloon, not just because of how like big and how you know show-offy it was, 
the hosts were popping off about him. They were like, that's the spaceman. If they let him go right now, he'd go to space. And I noticed our hosts were using lots of descriptive words, not only when talking about, you know, the spaceman balloon, but throughout everything. And I could not figure out why they were using words like dazzling and striking and they were describing everything, and then I realized it's because it's in black and white, so nobody knows what it looks like in color. So I thought that was really interesting. Now, we both have some big opinions on this next memorable moment. I will be introducing the New York City Center float. This was a really weird float. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Like, now in modern parades, we do have Broadway performances, I don't think I've ever seen a Broadway performance on a float. Have you ever seen anything like that, Erica? No, they're typically on the green Macy's tarp in front of the Macy's store, and they're the first things to perform before the parade like actually starts moving. It's a very quick process. But this float confused me because I don't know what the New York City Center is, and when they were introducing it, they did that introduction in one breath. And I was like, oh, okay, it's the New York City Center. Oh, but this is about ballet and opera and drama. Oh, oh they're singing. Carousel? I What? <laughs> it was so hard to follow. So, this float performed the song, This Was a Real Nice Clam Bake, from the hit musical Carousel. And I just gotta say, This Was a Real Nice Clam Bake, that sounds like a Panic at the Disco song title. It was a really weird song. It was literally about a real nice clam bake. I don't know if there's any other context. I haven't seen that musical, but why were they singing about a clam bake? And what does that have to do with a carousel? Despite the fact that you and I were both involved in the musicals at our high school, we never did carousel. So <laughs> I don't have any knowledge on it either. So maybe we ought to look into carousel and maybe give the uh, full Broadway recording a listening huh once again i have another two memorable moments the first one being the picayune high school band and the second one being the two ring circus now the picayune high school band they were really good their form was great but i don't know if you noticed this peter but in the second row first column so the guy on the end closest to the camera he was popping off with their choreography like I, he stole my heart, and he stole the show. I could not believe how hard this man was marching. Like, everyone else was doing good, but this man was going for the gold. My, my only comment on the Picayune High School Band, they had some really weird rotating bass drum. I've never seen anything like that before. This thing was constantly spinning. Like, I don't know if they had a motor on it or if that guy was just talented because it just had a constant rotational velocity. It was crazy. I'm also not sure how those attached to the body, though, despite the fact that I have worked on a, um, a big-name parade that featured some marching personnel that had a drum. Ours didn't spin because if we did that, it was going to fall off. So I'm not really sure how that works. But uh, moving on to the Two Ring Circus, I thought it was fun, and it kind of reminded me that we still do have a circus float in the parades because Cirque du Soleil tends to have a, a bigger, larger float. But they were playing Zippity Doodah, 
Which, Song of the South, the Disney movie that doesn't get mentioned often because it, uh, you know, there's a lot of issues with that movie. Um, that is like the title song to that movie. And also, it's the song that you hear throughout the entire ride at Disney, which is Splash Mountain. That float was not sponsored by the Walt Disney Company or the Disney Animation Studios or whatever. So where did they get the rights to zippity doo Where did they get those rights? Also, the Two Ring Circus, I don't know what two of those performances were. They announced a couple of master jugglers who, you know, they were doing their best. They were juggling. They, you know, clap, you know, good for them. Their other two performances, I don't really understand what was going on. They had the Puckers, which were apparently a famous trampoline, trapeze. I don't know what they were saying. It was hard to hear. The recording quality was not good. But they were just kind of like dangling from this like rectangular ladder and doing some acrobatics. Uh, And then they had in the second ring, the Oriole which I have never heard of before. It, it looked like they were doing, like, uh, uh, some sort of weird dance. I, I don't know what they were doing. I've never heard of that before. And our last memorable moment that we're both going to share together is we're going to talk about that darn car. <laughs> yeah, this was the car that the announcers said... It's the car that's doing everything a car ought not to do. Yeah, so first off, the car breaks down. It's a pre-World War II, you know, really old car. If you've ever seen the famous Disney uh, production of 101 Dalmatians, it looks like Cruella DeVille's car, except with a shorter front. First thing this guy does after the car breaks down, he pulls a skunk prop out from the hood of the car he doesn't toss it out into the audience though he just tosses it into the driver compartment i don't know what his thought process was there following tossing the skunk into the driver compartment he was then blasted by hot radiator water poor guy and then he was fussing around with the front of the car he bends over to pick something up And a flamethrower from underneath the car blasts like a six-foot flame at his bottom. That's gotta burn! Well, I mean, the announcer did say it was a mean old car. And then after that, driver goes back to the driver compartment, grabs what appears to be a bottle of whiskey, takes a big old sip of that drink, and then spits it at the car. The car didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then the driver was blasted with hot steam. And then he acts like nothing happened and just drove off into the sunset. What was going on with that car? Whose idea was it? Who sponsored it? I need answers. I understand the idea of a clown car, but when your hosts, who like kind of know what's coming, doesn't even know what to say with your float or performance... That's when we have a problem. And last but not least, I would like to have a comment about none other than Mr. Santa Claus. Now, when I watch the Macy's parades now, I always get so excited to see Santa because it means that I'll stop being ridiculed for listening to Christmas music because, you know, I've been listening to it for two weeks prior. 
But this was just so anticlimactic to me. Like, they were like, and there's Santa. Thanks for watching. Bye. And I was like, aw. And also, earlier in the broadcast, they had a brief little interview with Ed Wynn, who was Chris Kringle in the original Miracle on 34th Street. And I wondered why he wasn't portrayed as Santa on the float, since he portrayed Santa in the movie. And I'm sure there's some logical reason behind it, but I don't know. It was just, it was kind of sad. I always really look forward to the Santa float. You know, you start the parade with the turkey, you end with Santa. It's a big thing to me. And it was just kind of sad. But those were our memorable moments from the 1959 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Alright everyone, that was our episode on the 1959 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We would love to hear your comments and feedback. If you've seen this parade, please let us know what are your memorable moments. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us five stars and leaving a review. It would really help us out. And tune in next week for an anthology episode of the 1960s Macy's Parades, which have spotty records available, but we'll be here with our hot takes and more memorable moments. And thank you guys so much for supporting us and so much for listening to us, and we can't wait to see you next week. See you later!